God. I was thinking as we were preparing for this morning's message, the whole idea of, you know, that term of but. Uh, What's a definition of the term but? B-U-T. What does it mean? Conjunction. It's a conjunction, okay. But, but what does it mean? No alternative. Instead of, okay. An alternative, okay. That's all right. An yeah. exception is coming. An exception is coming, okay. Another solution. Having maybe another solution. Another solution, okay. Another approach. Uh, an alternative. A change is coming. All of these are good. Uh, go ahead. Another reason. Okay. It's, it's something that's coming up as an alternative to perhaps something that's already been stated, correct? For instance, if I said, well, you know, I was going to go to the store, but I ended up staying home. Right? So I intended to go to the store, but I ended up staying home. So there was an exception. There was something that was an alternating uh, alternative that was done. In these particular passages that, passages that we're going to look at today, I just want us to consider, for instance, turn to well, Romans, the fifth chapter, Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. And I'd like for us to read it out loud together. Let's begin. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Amen? Amen. Amen. Notice here, it speaks about the fact of our condition. Before we were reconciled to God. And it says that when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And I, I emphasize that because Sometimes I think we lose sight of the fact that all of us had a point in time when we were what? Ungodly. 
As a matter of fact, even now, some of our actions that we do still imply that we are what? Ungodly. <laughs> but it says, scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die, but God. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, if God demonstrated his love toward us while we were still sinners, then we've got to come to a realization that now that we've accepted Christ and we've been reconciled to God, then God will not not love us. Does that make sense? So God's love is unconditional and his love is eternal. Wow. And that's important to get a grasp on because sometimes when we do things, that are not godly, we get the impression that God hates us. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can get the impression, well, now I blew it. God, I know I'm not on, I, you know, I know you hate me now because I messed up. I messed up. And only because oftentimes people can have a different attitude towards you. And if you allow people's attitudes to affect you, it sometimes can give a ripple effect on how one would think God is treating them. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it is good to know that even when you mess up, God has not stopped loving you. Is that, is that understood? Yes. And I'm mentioning that because even if it doesn't apply to you personally, there are people that you come in contact with that don't know that. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are people that you don't come in that you come in contact with who don't understand that God loves them. Even because of their situations and their past and all of that kind of thing. But you can be a person who can encourage that person to let them know God loves you. Alright? Let's look at the second one. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. Let's read. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Let's stop for a moment. Uh, when it says, you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. When you think of the power of the air, I, I want to give you this picture. If you consider Satan being the prince of the power of, this, of the air, he can pass cue cards to you. Do you know what I'm saying by that? He can give you a thought. Just because you inhale the air. Just because you're here. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the key is God what well, we're going to see. Let's continue. Among whom also we at verse 3 among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. And again, what it's emphasizing is that all of us had our situations from the past when we were being influenced by the prince of the power of the air. Is everybody following? And it's important to understand that because none of us were exempt. So when you see other people who are operating in the lust of the flesh and of the mind and so forth, and of those fleshly desires, don't get, how can I say it? Don't get uppity. Don't get uppity. Okay, yeah, that's a good term. Don't get uppity. But be compassionate toward that person because you've been there. And we're going to find out as that next verse tells us in verse 4. Let's read it. But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Wow. Thank God for grace. That we've been saved by grace through faith. And that's available to every person on the planet. Wow. That's why the Word of God tells us that we're ministers of reconciliation. That we've been given that responsibility to let people know that God, through Christ, has reconciled mankind back to him. 
And that person has an opportunity to receive that reconciliation. Is everybody following? Okay. Let's go over to the next page. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 through 13. Let's read it together. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Wow. That comment about not being uppity, verse 12 says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And we know of situations, perhaps, in that kind of situation where people have been on somebody's case, judging them about such and such, and all of a sudden, whose name shows up in the newspaper? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we need to be mindful that there's no temptation that has overtaken one except such as common to man. But God, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So, it means that whenever temptation comes, God won't permit the enemy of our soul, the prince of the power of the air, to present any temptation to you that's beyond your ability to stand against. Wow. That's a rough thing, isn't it? But you can stand against it because you don't have to do it in your own strength. You can do it because the Spirit of God dwells in you. And He can energize you to withstand even that temptation. Most cases, it's a situation where we make a decision to what? Yield to the temptation. <clears throat> and the reason we yield to the temptation nine times out of ten is because there's something that we desire from it. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the mind, those desires. So that renewal of the mind that's been talked about uh, this morning earlier, in the study that uh, was being conducted, as we renew our minds, then we are equipped to begin to withstand the temptations because God's faithful. So the question God is asking is, I'm faithful, but what about you? Will you be faithful to him as much as he is to us? Wow. It's not a long message today. Because we've been in the Word all day long. <laughs> but I want you to get the point that even in your circumstances, whatever it happens to be, always remember but God. No matter what it looks like, but God. 
when God gets involved in your circumstances and in your situation, he brings to bear the, makes the impossible possible. Does that make sense? He can make the impossible possible. When you don't see any way out, God can. Because he's able. If he can speak worlds into existence from nothing, then your situation is light stuff. Does that make sense? And the other thing to realize is, oftentimes we think that when we are denied something, you've asked God for something, and it doesn't come the way you think it ought to come, or it doesn't turn out that way, we get upset. And sometimes we get upset with God. You know, God, I was believing, and I've been confessing this, that, and the other, and it hadn't come to pass, and I don't understand. But... You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the key is, trust God. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. And God may be taking you a certain way, Because he already is into your tomorrow. Does that make sense? And so sometimes when we say, "Ah, you know, I'm going, I got to. And you get into your tomorrow and find out, I need to go this way. But if you had not pushed it and rather trust God. God may have been holding you steady because there's some things that had to take place in tomorrow. So he may bring you around this way instead of taking you straight that way. And we getting upset with God. And God's saying, wait a minute here. I'm in tomorrow. You're not. Trust me. Because whatever the situation is, always remember, but God, whatever you plan, you know what? Always close it with the allowing God to edit whatever you've asked. Does that make sense? Yes. Allow God to edit your requests. Because how many times have you asked for something and you got it and you wish you didn't have it? That's right. Yeah. A whole bunch of times. A whole bunch of times. That's right. So, Pia, you know, if at your age it's been a whole bunch of times, you look around. <laughs> and a lot of us have experienced a whole lot more bunch of times. When we've asked for something, God gave it. And we couldn't wait to give it back. Let it go. Release it. Take it back, God. I ain't mean that. 
Mm-hmm. You have to be specific? You can be specific about the request and still have him edit it because you still can be off base. Because you're asking specifically about something that you think you want today. Circumstances change. And then you decide, well, you know what? I really didn't want it quite like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I knew I was specific because I asked for a green one, and, you know, it got to be striped and plaids and polka dots. Mm-hmm. But you turn around, and next week, the style has changed. So now it's red mm-hmm. with squares. And you say, but God... I really wanted the red one with the squares. And God said, now, just think. If God was moved by everything we asked for, somebody would be confused. And you know who it wouldn't be? God. And again, since he's the one who created everything, can't we trust him with us? That God, you know the plans and purposes you have for my life. I can tell you what I want, but ultimately, I want to fit into your will for my life. I want to fit into your will for my life. Because this is only a short journey I'm on, it's a short trip. Whether they live to be 120 or 1,000 years old, it doesn't matter. It's still a short trip for eternity. So let's do it your way, God. Since we're going to be together forever, I may as well try to get accustomed to the trip. Right? Yes. Think about that. If you're going to be with God forever, when you going to start getting accustomed to living with Him? Wow. Mm. Isn't that something? So God says in your life, whatever your plans, include me. Allow me to edit it. I can help you avoid a whole lot of stuff. And then some things I'll let you go through just so you'll know who's in there with you. Isn't that something? I'm with you. Lord, I'm with you always. Even until the end of this age. Wow. But God. Any comments?